May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, I've called this the three degrees, um, Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. And the underlying story is that with God, we shall overcome. With God, we shall overcome. I'm going to take this opportunity to be myself, guys, because I'm with my church family. So I, I don't need to refer to Black History Month to remind myself of my inheritance. For myself and my BAME brothers and sisters, it is Black History Month every month. Please assume that what I'm about to say is a BAME story, for it is the story of my African and Asian brothers and sisters. The story of the deliverance of uh, Israel from Egypt was written in the Middle East, not the UK or the USA or Rome in Italy even. It was the story of how God stretched his hand out against empire builders There's a tradition in the Bible of uh, victory songs or songs of praise with a prophetic edge that are sung by, wait for it, powerful female leaders, <laughs> of which we have many examples, both in the Old and the New Testament. There's a Miriam's song, there's Hannah's song, there's Deborah's song, there's Mary's song we've just heard, and many more. So Miriam's song appears to be to the point she says, or she sings, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider, he has thrown into the sea. There are parallels to Miriam's song in the Old Testament with Mary's song in the New Testament. They are songs that tell of the justice against empirical powers. In Miriam's case, it's concerning God's intervention over Egyptian rule, where they were slaves. In Mary's case, in Luke, it's concerning God's intervention over Roman rule in Palestine. They are songs of deliverance, songs about setting captives free, songs written by the enslaved people of God. In Miriam's song, she leads the whole congregation in this song about deliverance. It does not glorify violence, but it shouts about the God that overturns the actions of the ruling elite. So, so note here, she takes the lead and she's inclusive in that she gets both men and women singing this victory song. This is the woman who led the congregation into worship. Her actions here overturned the patriarchal paradigm. She overturns sort of um, a, a, a situation where just men rule. Similarly, there are examples of BAMEs who have challenged structures, people like me, who have challenged structures that covertly and even overtly deny us what God has anointed us to do. Back to Miriam. 
Miriam was also known as the sister of Aaron, although she was also the sister of Moses. I want to spend some time uh, reclaiming the story of Miriam. So she was the descendant of a special tribe, the Levi tribe, a, a priestly inheritance. She too was a priest and a prophet. You see, in the genealogy of Levi tribe, Miriam is lumped together with her two brothers, Aaron and Moses, who were priests. There's a special word in Hebrew which refers to her priestly heritage, but she wasn't explicitly referred to as a priest because, as we know, the Bible was written in a patriarchal context. Now, this doesn't mean our Bible isn't valid or true. In fact, as good evangelicals, we know that the Bible is the inspired word of God and it is the most important book to us Christians. So just bear this in mind. I love this. <laughs> the problem is that through the ages, we have had um, men interpret the Bible to their advantage. And more appropriately here, I want to state that we have also had our non-BAME brothers interpret it to the exclusion of BAME people. The classic examples of being, uh, uh, being in the Anglican and Roman Catholic churches on the matter of slavery. And other examples include sexuality and the ordination of women. We have had certain groups of people interpret that to their advantage. So according to Hebrew scholars, such as Phyllis Tribble, you might want to make a note of her name. She's, she's, a, she's a rock and roll Hebrew scholar, Phyllis Tribble. Miriam doesn't get the acclaim that she's owed, like many prophetic women in the Bible. Let's just return to her role in the deliverance of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. In fact, let us examine the role of women in the deliverance story. On the one hand, we are told Miriam saves her little brother by putting him in a basket and allowing the basket to float along the river. And then there's an additional account of the midwives who delivered the babies. No ordinary task. Here lays the testimony to the deliverance of Israel, God's people. Let us remember that it was Miriam who persuaded her mother to put baby Moses in a basket to float along the river. If Pharaoh had gotten hold of the baby Moses, there would be no Israel. Miriam saved Israel. Miriam saved Israel. She stood by the riverside as her baby brother floated by in a basket with a prophetic knowing, a knowing that God was in the background and in the foreground. Let us not forget that it was the midwives, the Hebrew midwives, who also contributed to the effort to save Israel. There wasn't a man in sight in the delivery room, and very much in line with Asian African culture, it was the women who took charge, who took charge in the birthing room. Let there be no doubt that the actions of these female leaders were absolutely categorically fundamental 
to the deliverance of God's people from slavery. Patriarchal interpretations of this story would lead us away from this vital role that female leaders played in the freeing of Israel. Similarly, brothers and sisters, spare a thought for those of us who are BAME Christians who have made a contribution to God's church. And yet for some reason, some of us, for some of us, our stories and experiences have not been communicated through our own mouths. Just like Miriam stated, and I paraphrase, does God only speak through one group of people? We're also told later that both Miriam and Aaron criticized their brother Moses's leadership as he was becoming increasingly autocratic. The fact that Miriam caught leprosy has traditionally been seen as a punishment from God. This is a patriarchal interpretation. There's another perspective. Some female Hebrew scholars state that this is a convenient interpretation by rabbis. How dare a woman speak out against male leadership? <laughs> you may recall that Aaron also spoke out against Moses because it was, you know, Aaron and Miriam. So you might ask, why wasn't Aaron reprimanded? No, let us assume that we don't actually know why Miriam caught leprosy, but let us not assume, not assume that it was a punishment from God. While she was sent out of the camp, let us remember that this prophet Miriam was encircled by a loving God. I'd like to state, there are many of us BAMEs who have sent out, who have been sent out of the camp for speaking <laughs> truth to power. Think about what happened to the famous BAME leaders who stood up to empire builders. Very few non-BAMEs joined them in this truth-telling. James Coney, uh, a black American theologian, states this, and I quote him. For as long as God's children are despised, cast off and excluded, thrown out of the camp, trampled upon and crucified, that is where Jesus will be found. That's where black liberation theology finds its meaning. In the company of Miriam, the Miriams, and in the company of Jesus, taking their stand with the wretched of the earth, says James Coney. As a BAME, I emphatically state that though we have experience of being in the margins, experience of being thrown out of the camp by the ruling elite. Wait, 
that's where God is. And that's where my hope is. That's where the God of Miriam is. God is with us and we will overcome. But it's not just a lovely, you know, lovely tale of hope because the reality is, brothers and sisters, in the meantime, suffering seems to be a part of our story. Sadly, it's something that we BMEs have come to expect. In the meantime, we will sing the songs that Hebrew slaves sang. My deliverer is coming. My deliverer is standing by. Whilst we're awaiting justice, we need our non-BAME brothers and sisters to join us in carrying that cross and to be aware to be aware of colluding with a system that causes us to suffer. So, here's an invitation to my non-BAME brothers and sisters to join us in this journey. A journey that may cost you your careers, your reputations, your wallets, your fame. Do you remember how that rich young man responded to Jesus when Jesus asked him to follow him. Be not like that young man, but be like Miriam. Be like Jesus. And let us walk the walk together in solidarity. One God, one people, one kingdom, and we will overcome. Amen.